I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're a, a couple, couple of, of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. And today we're joined by two guests. Is this where we come in? This is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, I'm mostly blind gamer on various places on the internet, uh, but definitely call me Phil. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Jim from Knights of the Braille, uh, groups of blind and visually impaired tabletop role-playing game enthusiasts. We've been around for about three years, making accessible resources and games available, and happy to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. Do you guys want to tell us why you are working on your projects and what your projects are all about? Yeah, we are currently working on a big event on October 1st and 2nd. Um, called Everyone Games, where we are advocating for more accessibility in, in all games, tabletop or video. And um, we've got a bunch of panels and events and games and streams happening. And uh, Phil and I are both visually impaired people that are pretty interested in uh, being able to play games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alex can relate to that. Yep, yep. I've now played a video game in many years. Because I have not really found any. Well, I haven't looked that hard, but I haven't found any that are accessible. Can I, can I interest you in our in meeting our Lord and Savior, The Last of Us Part Two? <laughs> I I mean I'm I'm all ears, but <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, um, so so very exciting that we finally uh, pinned down the schedule for the video game streaming portion of the event and. Uh, uh, Sightless Combat will be playing The Last of Us Part Two on ground on permadeath, I believe. Um, and uh, well, he's as the name would lead you to believe, he's a, a gamer without sight. So, um, yeah, it's it's fully uh, blind accessible. So this is the kind of thing we want to um, promote. We want people to you know know that there's stuff they can get into out there even if they assume there isn't because well mainstream games aren't uh, accessible to uh to lots of people with different disabilities but you know visual impairment blindness is, is one of the areas where where i'd say there's worse accessibility uh, but there's some things out there and we want to highlight the good things and hope that uh publishers and, and developers notice that you know we're we're here making an event about these things. That must mean there's a few of us, uh, and they can just start by checking the, the basic statistics and <laughs> noticing that a quarter of uh, American adults are somehow disabled. I mean that's one country, but you know you get the picture. Yeah. So it's a huge market that shouldn't really be ignored, regardless if you're doing it because you're you know if publishers or developers are good people or if they just want to have access to more people with money right right <laughs> right yeah and, and we want to do that for video games but this this all came out of uh uh out of tabletop rpgs uh and uh yeah i mean uh, jim's been doing this kind of thing for years <laughs> yeah um as phil says uh visual impairment is probably the biggest barrier for video games and we're more trying to appeal to publishers to get more involved in including accessibility from the ground up whereas able gamers and special effects are two charities we're raising money for through the event who 
have produced a lot of accessibility for mainly people with mobility impairment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hearing impairments, I mean, there's a lot of stuff around that in games at the moment, you know, whether it's putting a, a radar in a game so that when you can't hear the sound cues, you can still see on the little mini map that there's someone near you or behind you or the screen flashes. There's a lot of stuff for, for hearing impairment at the moment, subtitles in absolutely everything now. And we found that visual impairment has definitely been put to the bottom of the list, like with many things and tabletop role-playing games included. A lot of um, PDFs for rule books are not screen reader accessible. Yep. Um, they work with OCR, so you can uh, get Adobe to read it or your iPhone to read it with speak screen, but navigating it with a screen reader is not functional most of the time. And we're really hoping to change that as well yeah that would be ideal for me as someone that's like i want to check out new systems but it's very hard to get in when you are struggling just to read the pdf so yeah it's it's very frustrating because you think to yourself it doesn't take (laughs) doesn't take a whole lot and Mm -hmm. i have reached out to publishers in the past and they've made the corrections or said to us Hey, if you guys want to make an accessible version and share it amongst your community, which we do, then we do that. But to be honest with you, you know, as much as we want to help each other, we also don't want to spend all of our free time <laughs> making someone else's content accessible. Right. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it shouldn't be that much work for them if they already have, you know, their big document that the PDF comes from. So, yeah, it's mostly tagging it is yeah. is. Yeah. Part. If you pack the document correctly, the screen reader can follow it and adding image descriptions mm-hmm. is a big part. But part of the problem with Adobe InDesign is that they throw little bits of uh, visual landmarks into mm-hmm. the document, which just read to us that there's something there. But, you know, image, yep, image, yep. image. <laughs> and it's not really necessary. That should be baked mm-hmm. in without a tag. That is true. And even on on uh, on web stuff, you got people doing really fancy things that are arguably more complicated uh, than basic uh, HTML, which is you know has been accessible for a, a very long time. Yeah, and you've got people adding visual flair and random uh, meaningless uh, <laughs> parts of the code instead of using. Uh, code with semantic information that will tell a, a screen reader what's up, you know? Yeah, I don't know if you guys have been to our uh, website, but Quinn and I were very adamant. Quinn was like, I want to make sure that you, Alex, can use this website. So, so, so it I should tried a be... bunch of different templates yeah. that were allegedly accessible-friendly until we found one that Alex was like, yes, this one I can actually yeah, so... access the different parts of it. Yeah, so very minimally designed. <laughs> oh yeah, so the the Everyone Games website we started with a uh, with one uh, one company uh, which will remain unda- unnamed mm-hmm. uh, to protect the guilty, <laughs> which was uh, ended up not allowing us to make the website accessible, uh, but would suggest we pay a monthly fee to have a, a widget make it accessible, which was just. You know, it was really nice for a, a group of people working on accessibility. You know, it, it really, um, that really worked for us, you know? <laughs> yeah, please pay us for yeah, a basic yeah. human yeah. right. Hey, guys, you missed the plot. Yeah, so we went ahead and changed <laughs> right. it to a different... Uh, Seems... Yeah. Now you lost fair. our business. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
at least you made the the website accessible for you to so that you don't have that division in your podcast where there's just <laughs> this underlying resentment every episode i mean it might still be there but you have to listen real quick. <laughs> and the the nice the braille website was made by someone with no vision oh, so it should be accessible so hopefully it's visually accessible i hope so and it's not just <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it, it works it works if you can see it yeah definitely but uh but he actually told me that he once made on a website that was entirely um it was black on black um, yeah yeah you know to to make um a very good point <laughs> yeah know? and i think yeah i'm uh i'm all for that yeah. not for releasing it to the public but mm-hmm. you know for uh, uh for a very powerful statement to uh yeah, the, the same guy made an accessible tabletop role-playing game system from someone else's and made it entirely black just to <laughs> just to annoy them. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before where you just change the font color to like white in a Word document. Now no one right. knows what I'm writing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I really liked um, when I first met you, Alex, that the screensaver on your laptop said, if you can read this, this is not your laptop. Yep. <laughs> yep. Have one of those like scrolling text screensavers. Yep. <laughs> that is really good. That is excellent. <laughs> All right. So we live uh, talking about characters on the show. Do you, do you both have a character that you like, either an NPC or a character you've played in a tabletop RPG, or it could be something else too? We or just an idea you. for a character that you would love to make but haven't had a chance yet. Yeah. So let's start with uh, Phil. So, um, yeah, uh, I have um, a concept that I've, uh, I haven't have fleshed out very much. Um, I did play one shot with it. So uh, here's the basics. You know how magicians pull rabbits out of their hands? Mm-hmm. Okay, that must be traumatizing for the rabbit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know how, well, it was in testing and it's not official and you can't really use it anymore. Or you're not supposed to, but Unearthed Arcana has um, a rabbit humanoid oh, species, yeah. rabbit, right? folk, yeah. rabbit folk. Okay. So what if uh, the rabbit decided it was time for getting payback <laughs> on the wizard? <laughs> So the concept, and they're gonna pull humans out of their hat. Well, the concept is uh, we got like a a, a dark background, uh, you know, uh, scarred mm-hmm. uh, uh, rabbit folk character who uh, wants to, who becomes a wizard uh, himself to uh, get back at the uh, at the wizard who uh, did something. <laughs> I don't know. Pulled his entire rabbit. Town, yeah, yeah, out of many hats. It was oh, like, a, right. oh, okay. So the hat was like a, a portal to like wherever they lived, and he just kept like forcibly removing them and then just abandoning them in this other place. Yeah, it was like oh, a Twilight great. Zone episode yeah. where he all of a sudden is the last person in this town that people have been disappearing from. <laughs> and then he gets pulled out and he realizes what has been happening. Ugh. I had not thought of that. That is very good. That's what we do here, Phil. <laughs> so that's that's something I I want to uh, flesh out one of these days. But I'm told uh, one of you will be playing uh, at Everyone Games. We uh, both will. We're both actually playing, yeah. Both. Oh, okay. Do you have your characters ready? Yeah, so I actually, in the episode that was just released 
before this one. Yep, it's, it's out episode. now. Um, uh, is I'm sorry. The one it came that, out today yeah, it's slash just, yeah. yesterday. So, so. It's, it's fine <laughs> if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. I, I have not. My apologies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made a, a lizard folk for the Jewel of Resida game. Nice. Yeah. And I'm playing in the history, uh, D&D history game where we're playing historical figures. And I am playing Marie Curie, but I have not made her yet. And we thought maybe uh, Quinn might have a couple more questions before we get there, but we might want to make her on on here with you guys, if that's all right. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure we can give you a hand. All right, Quinn, do you have any more questions before we get there? I do. <laughs> Quinn always has a, a big outline, and I always just wing it. So, you know... <laughs> It results in a mess sometimes for her, but we'll see if she can get us back on track. I'll do my best here. <laughs> so we've talked about how, you know, making games more accessible. How do you feel just people with disabilities have been represented in games that you have played? Or have you noticed that they just don't really exist in the games that you've played at all? We can go to Jim first. Oh, Jim didn't tell us his favorite character. That's true. <laughs> oh, my favorite character i i have a lot of favorite characters but i i've made one for the everyone games event i'm playing in a, a dungeon world game and i've made a halfling druid i've never played a halfling or a druid and his name's Raynar, and he has little deer antlers and little ears little hair ears big mutton chops and i've decided that one of his quirks is going to be that he, he measures time by how long it takes to cook food because he's a halfling. <laughs> that is so the cutest thing. Excellent. He's he's gonna measure time by like it would that takes as long as it takes to cook eighteen rumpster pies in a row or, or <laughs> something along those lines and um try to base more things in his life around food if I can. <laughs> that sounds well, I'm excellent. already hungry. <laughs> I, I love halflings, Jim, so I think you're in for a treat. That's one of my favorite have you, races. Have you got any advice for a uh, a, a halfling virgin? <laughs> um, I, I mean, just have fun with it. It sounds like you already got a great plan. You got a great character concept. I mean, halfling luck is awesome. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. Nice. Okay, so back to Quinn's question. <laughs> back to the question. <laughs> Representation of accessibility in games or lack thereof? We can go to Phil uh, first. So all right. Or yeah, Jim. Phil, it's you, cool. you go it's first. Cool. <laughs> Whoever wants to start. Phil, you're up. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, the, uh, people are are different and have uh, different opinions and mm -hmm. perspectives on these things. And I know that for a lot of people, uh, this is a really um, important issue that speaks to them very deeply. And I I completely understand that. Um, my perspective uh, is I'm not super worried about it because I, uh, I treat uh, the games as, uh, you know, something uh, separate from real life because, I mean, um, every game character is a superhero somehow, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that generally works for me. And I, I like to play a game. I mean... I like to play a ranger, right? I'm definitely not going to be shooting a bow, a bow and arrow. Um, I, I play racing games and I don't and never had. And 
unless medical science gets very interesting, uh, don't have a driver's license. So I'm definitely not going to be a race car driver, but I still want to play those. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm looking for in games. Now, uh, on the other hand, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that people aren't really used to sometimes interacting with people with disabilities. I know people aren't used to interacting with blind and visually impaired people um, because when I leave someplace and walk outside and I'm standing at the curb waiting for my ride to pick me up Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe I fold my white cane and stick it in my bag it's very likely for somebody to grab my arm and ask, hey, do you want to cross the street? Mm. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, everybody has learned from a young age that you don't grab people in the street. Mm -hmm. That that seems to be a pretty basic rule that people follow. Um, So that's a clear indication to me that I don't seem to them to be the same as they are. Mm Yeah. Right. And that doesn't... That doesn't feel great. Could uh, more representation of people with disabilities in, in games, TV, movies, books, popular culture, um, everywhere help with that? Yeah, uh, definitely. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, as like I, I'm not interested in playing uh, a blind or visually impaired character. I'm interested in playing a superhero of some kind. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Um. But that's me, right? Some people might not want to play a rabbit. They want to play <laughs> a human because they can identify with a human, right? right? Um, so I, I understand that uh, the people might want that option. And it's definitely valuable uh, for, uh, I mean, you know, uh, if you want your, your kids not to be allergic to everything, you let them play in the dirt, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe let your kids play with disabled people so they don't think they're weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I they're w- people too. What? <laughs> who, who knew? They're just like us. Right. But they have one thing different. <laughs> right. Um, or more. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's st- we're still people, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we expect to be treated the same. Um, or, you know, if not literally the same, equitably, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe, we need some balance here or there. Um, so yeah, that that's a possibility. That's a way that um, we can let disabled people feel like they're uh, valuable enough to be able to be themselves in a game, right? Because mm-hmm. even if uh, you want to be a superhero in the game, maybe you want to be a blind superhero. Well, I mean, there's Dower Evil, right? But right, right. <laughs> Anyway, uh, maybe you want to be a blind superhero, mm-hmm. right? Or, uh, you know, with everything out there, superhero, uh, sci-fi, whatever options, um, if you have uh, mobility issues and you use a wheelchair uh, either uh, all the time or sometimes, uh, you, why not fight crime uh, or be in a fantasy game mm-hmm. in a combat wheelchair? Uh, you know? These kinds of options aren't necessarily for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't be there, and that doesn't mean they're not valuable. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't say it's um, my my main um, cause, so to speak, 
Um, but we we have to we have to understand and recognize uh, that some things matter more uh, for different people, and what matters for somebody matters. Period. If it matters for somebody, it matters, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it can be a way for us to to move forward uh, and see each other as equally uh, equally human and equally valuable. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I I recently have started trying to play a blind character in a dindy game that Quinn runs for me, um, and we. It's been interesting because I've been like you a lot where I'm like, if I'm playing a fantasy character, I don't necessarily want to give them my disability from real life, you know, because I'm like, well, if I'm in a fantasy world, why why not be able to see? But it's been an interesting experience to try to, you know, play it in because I'm not nor- used to playing a blind character. So I'll, I have to check myself, be like, oh, wait, he can't see that far. <laughs> Which is kind of ironic because, you know, I'm used to not being able to see very far in real life. Right, but but you're used to, to different mechanics. Yeah, in the, in the game. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, if for nothing else than to, to experience interesting uh, mechanics, mm-hmm. you know, why not? All right. Jim, do you have anything to add or any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm just taking notes from Phil there. Don't grab people in the street. Right, okay. I'll All right. That. Oh, um, yeah, you better stop. Better get that tattooed yeah. on you so that they know not to do it. <laughs> but then people will know what I've been doing. <laughs> I, I agree, this whole superhero thing. The organization I work for, we had an unnamed uh, Netflix show who's going to have a blind character in their third season come to us. And it was a case of, what kind of visual impairments do you have? I'm, I'm blind. <laughs> okay, and uh, how do you get around? Well, I've got like magical superpowers so it's like okay well you don't need us here it's (laughs) it's great to have representation in teaching like phil was saying we're having a character where the other characters know to announce themselves when they come into a room Mm -hmm. or you know to to have them ask to be a sighted guide or to tap on a piece of furniture to help them find it if they use audible cues Mm -hmm. having that sort of stuff represented in a show or a game would be great to educate other people but in reality, D&D is a bunch of superheroes running around mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff. So I think it's more of fun game mechanics and not the depressing, I'm going through mental trauma, <laughs> I'm losing my vision right. in the game, like uh, you were saying. But yeah, I, representation is important for everyone. It's nice to have something there to represent you so you feel included. But whether the reality is is an appropriate place for D&D or other tabletop role-playing games is a, is a whole other story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it can teach people empathy if, like, sighted people play as blind characters, then they could, you know, if if they have a good DM and a good group that, like, checks them on it and is like, well, are you sure you did that? Because you wouldn't be able to see that or whatever. Or, you know, if they have... Because, you know, necessarily being blind does not mean you can't see at all, which, you know, I think is a big misconception. But like for myself i can see a lot it's just blurry um so you know having a character like that that's like oh i can see some i can see 30 feet and then past that i can't really see anything distinguishing so you know i think it could be a good experience for people to try but also if you want to play superhero it's D. have fun play superhero we're not going to stop you yeah just the superhero that shakes hands by touching people's faces if tv's anything to go by (laughs) 
Yeah, that's I, not how you greet people. I'm shocked. That is how I greet you. I grab them in the street and then I rub their face. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, Jim. I now, I now, I know yeah. why we're doing this virtually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's. I'm. I'm. I think I'm good. I think we've had a good discussion here. Do you okay. have anything else to add right now? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but we still gonna make uh my this Marie Curie character. Yes, but before we move on to some character creation, let's take a quick break to hear from another podcast. A new D and D podcast has entered the arena. One filled with knee slapping, side splitting humor, but also replete with suspense and horror. A dramatic experience in enthusiastic sound design. With Rosnar the Dragonborn. I'm not a rat. With Whip the Kenku. Wait, wait, did it at least grow my feathers back? With Vandal the Human. Kiss me, you crazy wag, you! And Kayla, the indomitable DM. Vandal, you're high as f. Just remember that. Pure, concentrated spontaneity in an hour. Ish. Welcome to. Comedy of Terror. Oh, that podcast sounds great. I can't wait to listen to that other podcast oh, yeah. just advertised right now. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> yes. they'll have us on. Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Alex, you said you want to play Marie Curie. Yeah, a little background about the game is that what I've been told is that we are playing in level five characters, and they can either be a historical figure or, like, someone from the area, um, and these kind of like these time traveling people have gathered us together to go on a mission back to um I don't remember the year I think it was 700 BC or AD who who knows It was definitely AD Okay 700 AD and we're in a small town in England and it apparently is where like the first viking raid was <laughs> I don't know all the details because I'm bad at history. But anyway. Oh, is that the, the monastery on the small island? Yes, yes, us? yes. Is that, yes, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I assume if you're in the UK, Jim, you might know the history a little better. <laughs> I'm an ignorant American, so, you know. <laughs> it's okay. I, I abandoned and moved to Canada. I don't even know who Marie Curie is. That was going to be my next question. Oh, okay. She's an educated pleb. Oh, um, she is a physicist and chemist from the late 1800s, early 1900s, and she discovered two elements. She discovered polonium mm-hmm. and radium, and then she uh, also oh, was yeah. the first person to get two Nobel prizes. Yes, well, that's and, just yeah. greedy. One in physics mm-hmm. and one in chemistry. Yeah, and she. Uh, yeah, so she worked with her husband, uh, I think it's Pierre Curie. Yeah. I just read a biography on her, too, so that I could know a little more. Since I'm going to be playing her, I figured I should know a little more. <laughs> so I read a short biography um, called Radium, or no, Radiation. And so she actually died from radiation poisoning many years later because, oh, you know, geez. they were messing with a lot of radi- radiation and they didn't know that they shouldn't be <laughs> holding it in their bare hands. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. So, so my my she should be a superhero. Yeah, that yeah, was my, kind of what you were thinking. Yeah. So my concept was maybe she's an artificer that like got some magical powers from 
messing mm. with radiation. You know, very yeah. like Bruce Banner. Yeah. 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 She could have a radium gun that <laughs> shoots radiation at <laughs> people. Yeah. So my sources tell me that um, you, you can use firearms in the game if you want. Oh, okay. Because that's good to know. Artificers can, uh, can use firearms. Mm-hmm. They can. They've got like... Like one of the types is like an artillerist where they can just like yeah make guns they have an and shoot Eldritch them and stuff. Cannons, yeah. you could have yeah. a, a radiation cannon. Where yeah, you just shoot people with radiation. And, and she was um she worked uh, as far as I know in, in field hospitals in World War One, right? Yeah, she did that as well. So that was towards the end of her life. She had already discovered the two elements, and then she mm-hmm. made a small X-ray machines that could be like brought on during world war one to the troops so oh yeah because this was after her husband died yeah yeah her husband died in early 1900s and she lived to like 1935 or something oh man if she was exposed to that much radiation she doesn't need an x-ray machine just look at them <laughs> probably see she probably had skin. x-ray vision yeah. that's true yeah. But other right. people couldn't see, so she's like, "Here's what I can see." In the, the biography, <laughs> I also learned a lot about like, oh, right when we discovered radium, and then people were like, "I'm gonna put this on watches, and I'm gonna drink a little radium every day to keep me healthy." And I was like, "Oh gosh, people are so dumb." Oh, man, <laughs> they thought it was a miracle cure, and it turns yeah, out yeah, it but was on watches, the it's, opposite. It's great for the um, the light. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm fantastic we have better things now yeah i've had it it works for covid oh no (laughs) (laughs) uh alchemists uh have um two interesting spells at level three that might be uh might be cool Mm -hmm. so since she worked uh, at some point in field hospitals healing word might make sense Mm -hmm. um but also uh ray of sickness Oh yeah, there we go. We'll give oh. Jim his ray gun there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I was I was kind of thinking of doing the alchemist yeah. subclass mm-hmm. of artificer because he she was literally like a, a chemist. chemist. <laughs> so yeah, you know, brewing up random things seems on brand um, for her. <laughs> but yeah, I really like that spell. I. Ray of Sickness is one I don't typically take, but I think it makes a lot of sense for this character. Right, harnessing the power of, Science. you know, a vial of something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it tracks. Uh, in fact, that could be a um, what you might call it, uh, a focus. Oh yeah, like a right. <laughs> yep, like a little ray gun. <laughs> I'm just imagining these Vikings in the like sixth or seventh century just. Vomiting from radiation <laughs> sickness, <laughs> trying to fight Marie Curie sounds yeah. horrific. I don't even know who anyone else is playing, but I was like, when they told me to be a historical figure, I was like, well, I I have a PhD in math, so I should probably pick some sort of scientist that you know was somewhat well known. And Quinn gave me the idea. She was like, well, what about Marie Curie? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, this would be great because you could do the artificer and give her some. Ex- explain why magic works because that was one of the things they said where they, they said if you want to have magic just have some way to explain it and I think that exposure to radi- radiation <laughs> is a great explanation for mm-hmm. why magic that's it's a trope yeah. for so many superheroes why not Marie Curie 
Yeah. Everyone feels a little nauseous when she's around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she can glow in the dark, night vision. Oh, the light, yeah. the light cantrip. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Just starts glowing. <laughs> so what kind of personality did Marie Curie have? Do we know? Um, you should say some of the fun facts you learned about her. Oh, man. If oh. you don't remember, I can list some. Okay, so she graduated high school at 15. She's extremely driven. Um, so like basically she loved work and would go to work all day if she could every day. She had two kids and like people were like, oh, you're going to be a mom now. You know, you got to give up science. And she I said, definitely nope. didn't know she had children. Oh yeah. She has two. <laughs> she had two kids. Um, one of the younger one, I think went and did the like field x-ray things with her during okay. World War One. Yeah, one of them became a scientist, the other one became like an artist or something and went away. The other one became Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, what are the other fun facts I told you? Gwen? She loved remember. math problems. Oh, yeah, her dad would like send her math problems, which, you know, is near and dear to my heart because I'm a weirdo that loves math. <laughs> and then she also spoke five languages. Oh, yeah, that was a... So she grew up in Poland, but it was like occupied by russia in the 1860s and 70s um so then she knew russian and polish then she moved to france for school so i'm guessing she picked up french and probably some other probably german yeah german maybe english so Mm. i'm not sure what the five languages were but i'm i'm sure that three of them were polish russian and french yeah yeah you should be on the record now saying that English was definitely one of them because you you don't know how serious your DM is going to be. Oh, that's yes, good point, <laughs> excellent. Uh, yeah, for sure, English right, was one. Of definitely spoke English. <laughs> she spoke English as if she had grown up in the nineties in America. It's kind of weird. In, absolutely, in the Midwest. Yeah, in America. Sure. yeah, the Midwest. Historical fact. <laughs> yep. Incredibly specific. For, very uh, little known fact about Marie Curie. <laughs> She had a very specific English dialect. <laughs> huh. Yeah, those those are all the fun facts that you told me. If you learned any others, you didn't tell me. Yeah, surprisingly, her husband did not die by radiation poisoning. He got ran over by a carriage. Okay, but he was susceptible not really to his a fun accident fact. because of the radiation. <laughs> yeah. He was very weak. Oh, my God. He's like a sickly man. Yeah. <laughs> he gets hit by a yeah. carriage. Yeah. Really doing yeah. him a favor. <laughs> <laughs> so let me interject with a, a silly story. Um, Go for it. <laughs> of everybody in my office, uh, me being the visually impaired person, You'd think statistically I'd be the one getting run over just outside, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I wasn't. It was it was a coworker of mine, and <laughs> I thought I'd bring that up. I hope they're uh, okay <laughs> because you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's the, a, the cackling was. <laughs> turns out that it was a coworker. It's a complete in. non sequitur. Um, <laughs> just you're saying that he was he was possibly more uh, either likely to have that happen or weaker. Yeah. Um, that he would not uh, uh, survive, but uh, yeah, 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 I beat the odds. Woo! <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Yeah. People with disabilities, you know, <laughs> exceeding all of these expectations that you know exactly they won't get hit by a car. Exactly. Yeah. 
Should have called a news crew. <laughs> Blind man not struck by vehicle. That was in the onion, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so Marie Curie can be a very driven woman. So maybe she's very, she's looking to solve the problem immediately. Mm-hmm. Not, not hanging around, wasting time. Yeah. She, she wants to get things Diving done. in. Yeah. Well, I would assume uh, getting into stats, absolute highest stat would be uh, intelligence. Things like uh, yeah. investigation would be um, yeah important. I think that's the closest representation D&D would have of the scientific method. Yeah. Right. I don't know what her other stats would be. We could try to figure those out together. Are, how We're are doing stats? the stats? Uh, Is it? It's point by. That's what I was told. Okay. I believe. So we can max out intelligence. I guess, should we just pick human for the race? We could do some like sort of weird, maybe she got mutated by radiation and do something else <laughs> too if we wanted. But I was thinking probably just human. <laughs> I, I think human is... Historical fact, Marie Curie was an elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was an orc. <laughs> yeah, so... I guess uh, let's go human because it's it's boring, but it's probably you know the safest bet. And we can yeah. let's do a f- put the intelligence up to fifteen with nine points. Yeah. So expensive. <laughs> I'm guessing she was somewhat dexterous because you know she was doing things with her hands all the time, messing with like small, because you know radium is very small, and you gotta. Like use microscopes and that kind of thing to see yeah, it. Yeah, that does require a lot of fine motor skills. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I know that you guys aren't as familiar. You didn't read a biography f- to prepare for this episode, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, it sounds like maybe she had a low charisma, not just because she's you know a massive nerd, but because she she's just she wants to work. They're, oh, you got kids? Yeah, but they're just. Yeah, I feel like she like <laughs> has no patience for like small talk yeah. and those little niceties. So there was also a, another fun fact, a scandal t- during her second Nobel Prize where she was like sleeping mm-hmm. with the married man and then the Nobel Prize committee was like trying to like backpedal and be like, "Oh, maybe we don't want to like give her the Nobel Prize." And she was like, "No, I'm coming. My personal life and my science life are different." Like, don't put them together. <laughs> so. Right, very no-nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Cheating on a sickly husband. <laughs> now, he was dead at this point, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh. Poor Pierre, man. He had a rough. So, so the, the, the guy was yeah, cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's oh. not as bad. But, you know, she's the one who probably lured him with her feminine wiles. Oh, it was sure. definitely not the man's fault. That's what I hear. Women are very, you know, manipulative and awful. That's what I hear. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Definitely can confirm. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I hope people yes. that listen to this episode understand know that sarcasm. I'm being but... very sarcastic. <laughs> I, I was going to say for Jim's sake over here, he's making. <laughs> I'm British. Sarcasm is just baked in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. So are we going to leave charisma at the eight? Yeah, we could do that. Okay. And we could do maybe a little bit of wisdom. I feel like she made some good choices in like a street sense also way. made some very poor choices that's true with the whole <laughs> radio thing. okay that was before we knew well, about to be that. fair it, it it seems the the most recent uh, thoughts on that 
are that she uh, she probably died from uh, radiation with X-ray machines, uh, you know, in the field, not necessarily the radium, because oh. the, the amounts she carried wouldn't have been. Oh well, there you go. Um, that bad. That's true. X-rays back in the day were very, very dangerous. Yeah. Right. You'd say she's she was selfless, um, more so than. Uh, careless yeah. and well mm-hmm. of course we can't blame people for uh you know not having the the standards we have mm-hmm. these days that's what we're supposed to do now <laughs> isn't it but I, it just sounded like she's walking around with just razor in her pockets just who knows maybe this one <laughs> yeah. is oh and yeah don't worry it about it yeah oh yes yeah. she literally was she literally was <laughs> and, and used it for uh for sterilizing wounds and things like yeah. that yeah yeah which sounds oh absolutely fantastic and like I said, assuming she knew it could be dangerous, it sounds very selfish. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they well, they knew, knew it could hurt you because, like, apparently there was a story of her husband wore like a bracelet with rhodium on it, and they noticed that it like it made his skin like get red and irritated, and then it got worse. And mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, look at this! So so scientific, so cool." So exciting. But it was also like also terrible. <laughs> but. Well, we could put a 13 in wisdom, maybe. I was going to do maybe 12. Do you want to end up with 12? No. Or? Oh, I don't know. Just because right now we've got a plus one in everything. Oh, okay. That's why I said. But we could do 11 if you want to make it a 12. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. What are you going to say, Jim? Was Marie Curie jacked? Did she <laughs> Did she lift? This, interestingly enough, there was nothing on that in the biography I read. So mm. I'm going to oh, assume she I remembered was. another cool fact about her. Okay, that go she, ahead. You said she learned to, like, blow glass so that she could make her own... Oh, that's right, yeah. ...like, beakers and stuff. Yeah, she did learn that. Well, I don't funny. know if she was jacked, though. I mean, she's, let's, say, let's assume she's she carrying her muscle. weak husband everywhere, <laughs> and she was probably a little bit <laughs> I, I also feel like she's got a decent amount of constitution to live as long as she did doing her yeah. very, like, dangerous <laughs> That's true. work. Yeah, true. For sure. Right. So maybe not incredible strength, but a respectable constitution. Yeah. <laughs> so should we do a 13 constitution with our plus one coming. Yeah. Are you keeping track of these numbers, Quinn? Oh, I am. I for sure am. I'm only keeping track of my head. Should we do a 11 in strength or 13 maybe even? Make her beefy? Yeah. <laughs> Make her beefy. Let's go 13 strength. I love it. <laughs> there goes Marie. Carrying her <laughs> husband for a day out. Carrying Pierre like always. Poor Pierre. She probably threw him in the street in front of that carriage. She was done she, with him. She's like, I've had enough of you, Pierre. <laughs> she uh, saw that other guy that she was going to later have a fling with and was like, yeah, I got to gotta free myself up. So you have five points left. Okay. Do you want to make her dex be 13? Sure. Well? All right, so then we end up with uh, strength, dex, and con, 14, intelligence, 16, wisdom, 12, and a charisma, 9. Sounds all right to me. Okay. All right. Any other thoughts on Marie Curie now that we've definitely not uh, slandered her life and legacy? <laughs> it's may- I think we feel like we mainly slandered Pierre. <laughs> Marie. That's true. Eh, well, he had it coming. Maybe. <laughs> Are you going to give her the sage background? Probably I should because she was very studious. and. There's also the is it engineer background. Okay. Tell Which, me more about that. Um, is that from the 
Guilds of Ravnica? Yeah, it's from Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, and you get Arcana and Investigation, one type of artisan's tools. So you could do, like, the glass oh, yeah. stuff, because yeah. that is a type. And then you get a language. Oh, I do need languages. Yeah, let's go with that. That sounds good. Yeah, this was a little bit of a weird episode for us, because usually, you know, we try to come up with the backstory ourselves, but obviously Marie Curie had a, a life that we had to draw from. Not saying we didn't make it our own, but <laughs> a little bit different than our normal style. You can embellish it, mm-hmm. right? That she she defended a field hospital or something. Yeah, well, we already embellished that she's clearing Pierre everywhere. So I don't think that's an embellishment, though, is it? <laughs> while while defending the field yeah, hospital, yeah. husband uh, over one shoulder, uh, <laughs> firing a mortar with her other hand, and with a, a syringe full of, of radium uh, held between her teeth. And an x-ray machine All strapped right. to her back. We need the fan art of this. <laughs> because this is the greatest. Yeah. I love I love this. It's, I think it's the most accurate portrayal of Marie Curie that will mm-hmm. be played on Everyone Games charity event. <laughs> I think I can safely <laughs> say, say that. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, accurate. Um, <laughs> apparently, your your uh, DM is has has more than average uh, knowledge in history. So, oh, does he? <laughs> oh no. Yes, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> it's an alternate history. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's time travel in this game, so I think we can allow for the fact that Marie was carrying around Pierre and <laughs> that she had a. She had magic. Magic. She has an x-ray machine strapped to her back. She's got a <laughs> vial of radium between her teeth. Yeah. I'm curious if the time travelers were like, hey, Marie, you know, we can go back and save Pierre. And you just like, nah. It's like, we can use it for something else. It's pretty- All right. There's, there's more important work to be done. Yeah. <laughs> So do they use regular skills in D&D history, like Arcana? Is that I've not be... been told otherwise, so I think so. Right. We could replace it with, like, physics or chemistry knowledge, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess you could just call it science. I, I, I suppose um, it, it, there's a, a clear equivalency that yeah. you, know, you could just roll mm-hmm. with, I think. I mean, if Marie Curie has magic, then canonically magic does exist even if it's not very um normal or it's very rare but it does exist now (laughs) yeah yeah there's that expression that any sufficiently advanced technology i don't remember who said that it's famous any sufficiently uh, advanced technology is basically the same as magic so there you go yeah like phil plays uh, Star Wars 5th edition and, yeah. and in that they basically convert the magic abilities from D&D into like technology okay. that tracks yeah and like force knowledge oh yeah there's there's a there's force powers instead of magic there's tech casting mm-hmm. uh, which is like uh, you know instead of um, a tranquilizer uh, instead of um, like a sleep spell okay. yeah yeah so stuff like that history is replaced with something else uh, you know uh, it's basically uh, 5e uh, but you change some words <laughs> and you have uh, star wars species nice that's a lot of fun nice. yes yeah. Cornelize regular dm andrew is a big star wars buff so maybe he will be into that 
man the website for star wars 5e is accessible and free so check it out this is true except the character creator i gotta give you a heads up that has many unlabeled buttons (laughs) our 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 friends the unlabeled button Hmm. all right it says there's a button here what is it (laughs) what am i signing with this right with your skills here it says choose two one of them is medicine i guess you'd Oh yeah, medicine. Yeah, for uh, the for the human. No, for the artificer probably. Oh, artificer. Okay, yeah, we can go medicine. What are the other options? Okay, the other options are history, nature, perception, and sleight of hand. Probably history, because if she's very studious, you know. Yeah. I don't think the other three make as much sense, even though I like the other three. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to have perception. I just, she's got her head in a book. I'm not sure how aware of the, uh, the outside, outside world, world she is. Okay, you could have sleight of hand for stealing people's husbands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or sleight of hand, put some radium in someone's pocket and just keep on walking. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the long game. <laughs> I like this evil Marie Curie that we're making here. (laughs) Evil or just chaotic? You you cut me off in line. You'll see. You'll see. In 20 years, you'll see. (laughs) You'll all see. (laughs) You'll be really sick. So the equipment, I guess you'd have to change it to periods Mm -hmm. appropriate. Yeah, I, I don't think there's been much said about the equipment that I'm going to have, so I'll probably ask about it, or I'll just wing it, and then I'll say that I have an x-ray machine strapped in my back until the DM says I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so if if she had, which we know she didn't, if she had worn the uh, the appropriate uh, gear, um, an x-ray uh, tech a radiologist's uh, apron mm-hmm. That'd be a great would actually armor. make for really good yeah. armor, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Lead. <laughs> heavy armor, I guess. Those things uh, are heavy. This is true. Super convenient. Or you could do, like, you know, at the dentist, you get, like, one of those, like, uh, you know, they're not quite as high duty as someone that's working with radium should be using, but it could be, like, a light or medium armor in that fashion if you did something like that. Right, yeah, because you're wearing that because you're gonna get one yeah. extra. <laughs> uh, a tech that would be in the room for you with you, a radiologist would be getting lots of yep, x-rays. Yep. So yeah, yeah, their stuff's more heavy duty. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm just saying, you know, that way we can give her some armor that's on brand, but we don't necessarily have to Because you do get studded leather armor or scale mail. Okay. So I feel like that could be the equivalent of a studded <laughs> leather. Yeah, or a scale mail even if you're doing the heavy duty stuff that radiologists wear. Now that the, now that there's time travel, they've told her like, "Hey, Marie, you should throw I, this we, on." We know that you got powers the, like the first time you were exposed to radiation, but how about you try not getting more exposed? <laughs> <laughs> so is this a level three character? Five. Five. Oh, level five. Oh, let's go check the rules. <laughs> yeah, because it's got a. Uh... An acid arrow oh, nice. and a flaming yeah, spear. Yeah, those are the two spells that you get at uh, as a fifth level artificer in Alchemist. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, you're just so... making big explosions and yep, stuff. Yep, yep. That sounds right. Using science, though. 
She's not using magic. Sometimes she's using science, and sometimes she's using magic that she's been using <laughs> vis-a-vis radiation. So at third level, mm-hmm. uh, you have an experimental elixir, which sounds so on-brand. Yeah. yeah, that's why I like the alchemist a lot, because of this, the, that elixir is really cool. It is really cool. What are you going for? Or are you rolling for it? I think I'm going to go with the alchemist. And... No, no, no. The experimental oh. elixir effect. Oh, Do you know it. the different effects? Oh, I don't remember them. I will read them off for you real quick. Healing, swiftness, resilience, boldness, flight, and transformation. Oh, I assumed you rolled every time you made it. Is it just uh, you roll once and that's the kind you make? Or is it every time you it make says, it? It says roll for each elixir's effect separately. Each elixir requires its own flask. Okay. So I think it's each time you make it, you roll. Yeah. Ah, and you okay. get to make one every day. Okay. Awesome. Or you can, if like it's used, remake the longest it. it'll last is like a day. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So probably you have one of those a day and yeah, you you're can, like, here, the, drink this. It probably helps. This probably helps. That's so cool. Yeah, Artificer is not a class I've read a ton about just because it's kind of new and um, haven't really had a chance to play it too much, but I think it's got a lot of cool flavor in there. Yeah, the Potion of Resilience that their drinker gains a plus one bonus to AC nice. for 10 minutes. Could be like glowing green <laughs> elixir. In. I think every time it's glowing green elixir. Yeah. It just and depends whoever on drinks what it the is then glowing green the entire time they yeah. have that. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe the alter self one. They're only glowing green while they drink it. Okay. It's like when a ghost drinks it and in movies and cartoons and stuff and you like see it going down their throat. Yes. You, like that see is the exactly glowing green like, all yeah. the way down. <laughs> so how are you gonna do the um the flaming sphere? Is that gonna be like some kind of hand <laughs> That's grenade? I mean she's around for World War One. She could have picked up some hand grenades. <laughs> Yeah. Also, you can just like, you know, when you hold your nose and then keep your lips sealed and, yeah. and breathe really hard, try and pop your ears. You can do that <laughs> and just radiation just <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good too. That's so great. it's like a giant green flame. It's not even regular flame color. It's like, <laughs> like that looks a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you pulled any of this, a Viking would be yeah, like, I'm getting okay, back on the boat. This. <laughs> I'm going home. And I'm never coming back because they're way too powerful. They're doing all kinds of weird yeah, things. Yeah, way too much meat. I'm going to say that their gods are more powerful than our gods because I can't do that. But, you know, Thor can do lightning, but I can't do lightning, and she can, so maybe she's a god. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the other people are playing, um, so... You'll have to tune into the charity stream to find out. But it'll be interesting to see this, you know, scientist paired up with I don't know who else, but <laughs> I kind of I debated playing Genghis Khan for a, a hot minute, but I was like, oh, that might just be a little uh not what I wanna portray because I'm not sure how violent he actually was and how much was just he was a very good war leader. So <laughs> I was like, I don't want to try to yeah, deal with that. Pretty dark, pretty fast. Yeah. And I imagine your Mongolian accent might not be taken too well. <laughs> True. Probably not as good as, as your French accent or Polish accent. <laughs> I think those said. will still be atrocious. They're still bad. 
I can't even do a Minnesotan accent, and I'm from Minnesota, so you know that's that's how bad I am in accents. <laughs> <laughs> You're not from stereotypical Minnesota. No, I'm not. So sometimes when you just say Minnesota, it, it Minnesota. happens. Minnesota. Yeah. There, I did it on purpose that time. Oh yeah, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's so underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dear bud. Yeah. See, Phil's doing it better than I am, and I don't know if Phil's from Minnesota, but <laughs> dude, great job. I am not. I um on the on the Star Wars uh on the Star Wars five E game. Um, my character was a uh, an Ewok, and Ewoks don't speak Galactic Common. Okay. <laughs> um, so our our GM gave him um a translator thing from a droid. Mm-hmm voice box thing and it would malfunction and every session i would have to do a different silly <laughs> accent <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so i i got some practice on this. i've met some people from like the upper peninsula of michigan and they do talk like that so not not to put everyone in upper from upper peninsula michigan in a box but i have met some people from there that sound very much like the stereotypical minnesotan accent <laughs> Are you guys big into doing silly voices I when you play role-playing do. games? Um, my current character has like a... I, I went for Russian accent, but I, my friend, when I told him I was doing that, he's like, oh yeah, I guess that does kind of sound Russian. I didn't know what you were doing. I thought you were just doing a voice. And I was like, well, yep. It just <laughs> exacerbates how good I am at accents. <laughs> but I try to give them a... Yeah, Russian people aren't all, aren't always uh, doing yeah, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> It just sounds like I mean I'm playing a male character and I made his voice gruffer. Yeah. But then also the dwarf I'm playing, I just made her voice gruffer too. That's my go-to. <laughs> yeah. I did be- do a pretty great like, uh, like, Long Island kind of accent for one of the NPCs. That's I'm that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, but I I think it's nice to give your character a different voice than yours, especially. That way, when like you make a joke out of character, it's obvious that you were making a joke, and the DM's not like, "What? You jump off the cliff?" <laughs> it's like, no, I did right. just joking. So, I mean, the least you can do is sound like Batman, yeah. right? <laughs> do you think Marie Curie sounds like Batman? I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> are Are there records? Are there recordings? Here, not, get on my back. There are probably <laughs> actually like radio recordings of her somewhere. That's true. Probably, yeah. That, that, that makes but sense. But where's the fun in yeah. that? Yeah. Well, that radium fucked her voice up. Yeah. She sounds like Christian Bale. <laughs> Pierre, get on my back. <laughs> Going to the lab. He's like Alfred. He's just being carried. <laughs> Who would her Robin be? Like one of her kids? Oh, yeah, like yeah. A, the good the kid. Scientist the scientist one. <laughs> the good kid. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's thinking of like, oh, Marie, how, how's your son doing with the science? How's how's the other one? We don't, we don't. Yeah. Talk. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I'll flow with that by the DM. I'll say, yeah, I think Marie Curie sounded like Batman from the radiation poisoning. I'm not sure. <laughs> don't know what to tell you. That's what Jim told me. <laughs> it's canonical. Fact for this game now. I'm just editing the Wikipedia while we uh... <laughs> Yeah, just updating it right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, you and you got to you got to trust Jim. He's British and all British people are very smart, yep. so They're very knowledgeable about history. Uh, accents are a false economy. <laughs> <laughs> you 
have anything else to add right Iron now? Them. So, uh, Alex, can I ask you a question? Go for it. Anna, you know, feel free to tell me as little or as, or as much as you find uh, convenient at this time. Um, but how do you deal with, um, how are your notes for, for characters? Because, you know, everybody has their, uh, their preference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, everybody has the app they like, but also... A lot of people can't use the app they would like to use. So I don't know what's what are you uh, what are you using? Um, so I either will use my laptop and just like I have a standardized way that I write notes to myself. Like basically, I put the name and like race and some of like the physical characteristics towards the top, and then I have ability scores towards the top. And at the bottom of the character sheet, I have a little like cheat sheet for myself that's like. HP, max, this number, current, this number, spell slots, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, So that's what I do when I'm on my laptop. And then when I'm on my phone, which I do sometimes, uh, is I use the Fight Club 5 app on iPhone. So that one I think works okay. My biggest issue is, like, I like to pick up random crap in a D&D game. And it's hard right. to make new items that are like, oh, I picked up, you know, a pool cue from a pool hall. Now I have to add a pool cue to my inventory. And it, oh, yeah. it's like, it's not a big deal to add it. It just takes a little more time for me than, you know, because I'm a slow typer <laughs> on my phone. So yeah, which I, is why you prefer to use your laptop. Yeah. So if I am using my phone, I'll just like, you know, try to remember and then write it up later or... I'll write it up in the moment and then maybe just zone out for a minute <laughs> in the game. But yeah, that's what I do. What about you? Yeah, well, I actually um, do uh, most of it as visually as, as most anybody else. Oh, okay. But just, you know, uh, I try to pick character sheets that, that work. Um, if I'm using an app, I'll, I'll make a point to use something with, with dark mode because that helps me. Um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll test something out before using it. And if it doesn't work, I'll go look at something else. Uh, the app you mentioned, which will, uh, now remain, uh, unnamed to protect the innocent, uh, is, uh, has many of our friends on, on Android actually. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the unlabeled button friends, which wow. is a shame. I find that, um, it's not unusual for developers to uh, focus on on iOS apps more so than the Android mm-hmm. version. Yeah, right. And that's that's, you that's know, partially why Alex uses a lot of like Apple, Apple products because they just have it more inherently built in. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to get into a big <laughs> yeah. thing, but uh, I, I use a I use a Mac because I I needed a new laptop and when i when i was gonna get it i was my vision was really bad yeah. and i didn't have the the brain power at the time to get a new laptop and also figure out nvda or narrator or mm-hmm. the will to pay for jaws or fusion or yeah something. so true uh, yeah and you you open a macbook and it's ready yep. to go with that with that annoying voice for for sighted people who are like no i don't want you to talk to yeah. me <laughs> You know, as someone married to that, I'm used to it now. Like, I'm just like, yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just Alex's computer talking. Yeah. I can kind of understand it most of the time. Yeah. What kind of speed are you guys dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> 
how fast you guys make things talk because I have one friend that like is blind and he doesn't make things talk that fast but I try to like optimize and I'm raising speeds if I can <laughs> I can't concentrate that long I okay. so I have to keep it lower okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I lose concentration pretty quickly because I'm multitask mm-hmm. yeah actually I, I do faster than average when I need to use a screen reader than average no not not like Okay, faster than normal human speaking voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for uh, any time I need to use a, a screen reader um, for a little while, if I, for whatever reason, which isn't super typical for me because I, I usually get by with magnification. But if I if I need to read something long, I will slow it down a little bit because mm. even with audiobooks, sometimes you lose track, yeah. right? And it's not as easy to go one sentence back on an audiobook. That's mm-hmm. true right things like that so so i don't speed those up i know a lot of people oh. do audiobooks at like two times speed alex does yeah i do yeah, yeah. you monster alex i mean oh that's definitely impressive and i'm sure you get a lot done but he reads books way faster than i can yeah well right you know you, the thing is you don't start at two times you start at 1.25 and then you go uh, you know eventually you go up to 1.5 or whatever but i think for me now i can start I can usually start at two, and if the narrator talks a little faster than normal, I might go down to one point seven five for a bit, and then go back up to two. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I like to read fast. I think I have a pretty good comprehension skill, so I do what I can. All right. Well, do you guys have any last thoughts on Marie Curie or anything else, and want to give yourselves another plug again at the end here? Oh, plug? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, October 1st and 2nd, that's a Friday and a Saturday uh, from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time, um, which is a long time, but it works across different time zones and everything, right? So, if, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, if, if you're uh, in Europe, you got stuff earlier in the day. If you're in the West Coast, you got stuff a little later in the day. Um we're having TTRPGs and panels streamed. Um, we have video game streamer partners who will be streaming uh, interesting games as well. Check it out on everyone-games.com. And we're raising money for special effect uh, over in the UK and able gamers in the US who are charities working with making uh, gaming accessible, mostly for people with motor disabilities. Um, and we're trying to get, you know, big numbers uh, because, well, like, like I said earlier, apparently one quarter of the, the adult U.S. population being somehow disabled isn't quite enough to get <laughs> the idea across. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, we're... Uh, trying to make ourselves look big like a cat right (laughs) and are either of you guys playing in any of the events on friday or saturday that people like you and uh you know think that you guys are hilarious and want to check you out more (laughs) uh jim you're playing right yeah yeah phil's running a game called cat and i'm going to be playing in dungeon world which is uh like powered by the apocalypse game but yeah phil tell tell them a bit about cat because i'd never heard of that ttrpg oh yeah sure 
So yeah, um, so uh, your game's being run by a really cool um, a blind uh, oh, DM, yeah. which is Matt. Yeah, awesome. he's amazing. One of the best uh, DMs I've ever uh, uh, listened to. I haven't played with him yet, but yeah, really excited. Tune in. Yeah, so that's definitely uh, uh, worth a watch and a listen. Um, Cat is uh, a pool of D6s. Um, pretty easy system to get into. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of the players uh, don't have a, a ton of experience in, in uh, TTRPGs. We sort of pull them into it uh, from other, uh, other areas. So... Um, yeah, so the concept is anytime your cat like runs around for no reason, um, stares at a blank spot on a wall, uh, swipes at something in the air and there's nothing there, uh, they're actually uh, fighting demons that you can't see. <laughs> All right, so people are so, literally playing cats? Yes, you this literally play cats. This is the greatest thing ever. I love cats. <laughs> it's at 7 a.m. Eastern on Friday. Okay. So, uh, I don't know how where you guys are in time zones, but if you want to watch that over breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it might be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it's not uh, the cool thing. It's it's not even like a humanoid cats or people that look like us. No, you're actually regular house cats. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not like. The musical it, it's without the s so don't confuse it with the fucked up people in spandex <laughs> and uh how long is that in terms of uh, food jim <laughs> that <laughs> his event will will be about 82 blueberry oh, pies wow. if you bake that wow. many yeah it's, long. it's three hours yeah, yeah. yeah. It's three like hours of, uh, of me pies. encouraging people to meow. Yeah. I was going to say, you, <laughs> I don't I was like, clearly. Okay. <laughs> He's got a big oven. He's got a big oven, Gwen. Because <laughs> baking a pie is usually. Yeah, like no, he's he's working hour. at an industrial yeah, sphere, yeah. clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have like 50 other halflings. Yeah, halflings do a bake. So. Yeah. They're not making one blueberry. I, I, I baked 24 uh, buns. I made bread one of these days. 24 buns. It took me like four hours. <laughs> All right, Jim, oh, you got to do a little research in the next couple weeks here. <laughs> I'm going to watch the Great British Bake Off. Oh, there you go. There you go. This, Perfect. This That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> got to make sure it's a good thing. Oh, bake, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there's there's going to be the, the weird uh, uh, game with people meowing at each other. <laughs> um, there's Dungeon World. There's uh, there's D and D. Uh, you know your your the history game. Um, and Quinn's doing the Friday night game, also D and D. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is. Yeah. I'm actually gonna look at the schedule. If I take too long to read the schedule, it's my fault because I didn't make the website good enough. <laughs> yes, that is a <laughs> that is a D and D game. Um, and you have interesting panels going on, um, which, I mean, besides our, our opening and, and closing panels, yeah. um, they're all about games and they've often, uh, but generally got a, um, an eye towards accessibility, uh, because that's what we're going for. But, but having said that, um, really the whole, the whole point of this event, uh, and, and really what the, what the name's all about. Um, 
is that you know everyone gains, right? It's not it's not like uh, boohoo. Look at us, uh, we can't play the the tabletop and video games we want to mm-hmm. play. Uh, come fix them for us. You know, it's hey, there's really fun, engaging uh, things out there. There's things that you know. I feel like gaming has um or has a lot of potential uh, to have a big community aspect, a big social uh, aspect that that's really uh, helpful for uh, for people. Uh, it can be really uh, really important. Um, and you know, we we all want to get in on them. You know, get in on these with us, and uh, you know, next time, uh, you know, we'll get in on some other game with with other people, right? Uh, if we can all, um, if we can all get together and, and game on uh, with equal standing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, as far as video games, I don't know how much uh, you guys are into that, but um, uh, Hearthstone uh, is now accessible through mod. That's the um, the uh, card. Stre- yeah, I hear it's crazy <laughs> addictive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a mod for that, and it's fully um, screen reader accessible. I'm not sure it announces on its own or it mm-hmm. can be uh, uh, used with a screen reader. Either way, um, it's it's uh, it's blind accessible now. Uh, yeah, I mentioned The Last of Us Part Two. Um, you know, and other video games um, on stream. Um, also, uh, maybe audio games. You know, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and uh, so for instance, uh, the Veil uh, came out recently on Xbox, mm-hmm. right? I'm pretty sure uh, if it's not the first um, audio game to go pretty mainstream like that, um, it's definitely in there, right? So yeah, I mean, if you got an Xbox, you can play an audio game. It's you know, I uh, I listened to a. a uh, Liam Irvin uh, playing that on yeah. stream a while ago, and that sounded really good, right? So, I mean, I, I, I was interested. I would try it out if I had an Xbox. I think it's on PC too, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll, I'll get that. Um, but the point is, you know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, that's that's the whole point. It's not that if you're blind, come play this game. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, this game is cool. Yeah. If you're blind, you can totally play it. If you're not blind, it's still then, cool. uh, I mean, I guess your you, you, your hearing's good enough. Yeah. But fair enough. It's not a hundred percent accessible. Right. Right. But you know, for uh, uh, let's say the able-bodied mainstream, it's still uh, you know a game worth checking out. Yeah. And it's not about our event because us organizing it are visually impaired. It's uh, an event about gaming and, you know, while we're enjoying games together, uh, you know, when you make your next game, when you buy your next game, uh, keep accessibility in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have, you know, some like minor TTRPG celebrities come in. We've got a, a big game run by Satine Phoenix, uh, which features Brian Pusson who is in the Big Bang Theory and does a bunch of stand-up and other fun stuff. Yeah. And we've got Temple Smith, who's Blind Temple on Twitter, and Jennifer Kretschmer, who are pretty big in, mm-hmm. you know, promoting accessibility. Um, we've got some other big uh, 
names on here from YouTube, like non-complete and uh, streamers like Radders and and other folks joining in amongst um, disabled streamers and gamers, like you mentioned, Liam Irvin. And uh, we've got a couple of girls that run the uh, a community for female gamers, and they're both visually impaired as well, which is pretty exciting. And then we have a game that was built accessible from the ground up called League of Eternal Guardians. And you, you have to say it like that. When you say it. <laughs> yeah, you're contractually required to. Yeah, and, and and you guys are going to be playing in the epic history game and, and the jewel of Reseda as well, which mm-hmm. is yes. pretty exciting to have you guys on. And we also have Survival of the Able Ashcan, which was created by Jacob Wood, who helped uh, organize this event. He is a visually impaired man who made a game about disabled characters who have to survive an awful event. So you'll get to see disabled characters in play at the very end on the 2nd of October at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. There's a bunch of games. They're going to be a lot of fun. We've got accessible game design panels. we got community and gaming panels. Uh, yeah, there's loads of stuff. So go on the website, as Phil says, www.everyone-games.com and we have the schedule on there. Yeah. Awesome. And, and note for the editors, um, the, the mention of Survival of the Able, uh, splice that into the part where we talked about representation and pretend we thought about it at the time because it would have been really yes. appropriate. <laughs> yeah, just give it to us clean, Phil. Just uh, just go ahead and be like, oh, yeah, you know, and they... <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to. You can so, try yeah, to. about representation, definitely check out Survival of the Able. It's, um, yeah, the tagline's really good. It's... Uh, uh, one of them can't see, one can't hear, one can't see them, one can't hear them. Um, uh, together, they have to survive. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a little bit more in there, but uh, yeah, it's um, it it sounds really uh, uh, really fun. Yeah, Jacob Wood is listening to this podcast right now. Going, God damn it! Why are you guys mentioning this? <laughs> you guys forgot sorry, about Jacob. me. You misquoted me. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> He's amazing. He also does a, a, a zine called Accessible Gaming Quarterly, where he has people who are marginalized people or disabled people that write articles about making games, playing games, and everything in between. You can get Accessible Gaming Quarterly on drivethroughrpg.com. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And check out check out the, the blog he has on that um, for interesting things like uh, how he works with uh, with artists, which is... Uh, you know, obviously a, a challenge if you're mm-hmm. if you're visually impaired. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Cool. Yeah, there's a ton of interesting people. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very interesting. It was great to, you know, talk to even more visually impaired gamers. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to meet more, go to knightsofthebrail.com, join our community, join our Discord, and get involved. We have a lot of people who are visually impaired that are scared to jump into games with sighted people. Mm-hmm. The Knights of the Braille is a good stepping stone there. So anyone listening, if you're not sure, knightsofthebraille.com. Oh, yeah, because my, my experience is, is really, the you know, uh, TTRPGs seem daunting at first with lots of different dice and a lot of numbers, complicated mechanics. Uh, and you add to that the friction of being visually impaired and getting into that, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, it's definitely a chance to, to take that one step at a time. Yeah. Uh, you're definitely not getting people who don't understand <laughs> what it's like to play a game, uh, being visually impaired on Knights of the Braille. People, um, you know, people get it in the, it's uh, super uh, accommodating. Nice. And, uh, and there's uh, games for beginners oftentimes. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Well, you could also, yeah. Quinn and I did some episodes on like an intro to fifth edition. So there's four episodes in our uh, feed that are like good. You know, if you're visually impaired, you can still listen to a podcast. So it could be a good resource for them as well. Ooh. As a good plan. Continue listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then learn about D&D. And when you feel ready, uh, go check out Knights of the Braille get into a game with uh, accommodating uh, visually impaired gamers uh, and then get into other games with accommodating visually impaired gamers and with other people and uh, whoever you want and game a lot because that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thanks for having us, guys. Well, thanks again for coming on. It's been great. And I'm excited to uh, hear you guys uh, play on the stream for the October 1st and 2nd. And... Hopefully our listeners will check that out too. Absolutely. You can find more information about our show at a couple of com. Have ideas or feedback or need help creating your next character? Email us at a couple of characterspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at a podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, five star review will really help us out and help spread our show. Also tell a friend about our show. Yes. And tell a friend to listen and watch the streams on October 1st and 2nd. Yes, 7 a.m. until 10 p.m. on both days. Quim will be playing 7 p.m. on the 1st. I will be playing 7 a.m. on the 2nd. So back-to-back streams, just, you know, like 10, 12 hours apart, whatever it is. Well, it's 12 hours apart from when they start, but, you know, you get it. You get it. You get it. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search a COC podcast. You can also support us by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash ACUC podcast and any purchase you make there will help support our show and the local bookstore of your choice. And if you're into actual play podcasts and Pokemon, you should check out Dungeons and Dragon Types. They've just started their second season. They've released two episodes, and I have joined the cast as Willow. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex in Winterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at notadoctorquim. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling. Almost everybody knows how to spell Phil, so Jim, you ready? <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I hadn't unmuted myself. Oh. Yeah, I'm ready. Woo! <laughs> Maybe Marie could learn uh, anime dead or something and we'll get him back. <laughs> <laughs> and now we sound like an Alex character. <laughs> we lost you, Phil. We lost you. We lost Phil. It's okay, you can get rid of us now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was Quinn. Quinn kicked him out. Yeah, clearly. <laughs>